0: Um, there's a story I want to share that 's embarrassing It's happened probably fifteen years or so ago, and i had been uh, I had been saved and, and, and just on fire for God and then you know how it is when you you're at first maybe you 're really excited and you 're telling everybody about Jesus and you 're praying and you 're studying but I had moved out kind of of a there had been a crisis period in my life that was over, and so now I was just kind of coasting. I was in ministry leadership and, and I had kind of gotten uh, you know uh, Gotten some dents, you know, and, and some bruises, and and uh, and my prayer life and just my worship life uh, had just gotten cold, and uh, I wasn't daily investing in my walk with Christ. I wasn't abiding in Christ. I was just kind of coasting along, and so I'm sitting in the cab of this truck with this uh, friend who was probably in his uh, 60s at the time, and and we were talking about God. We were talking about the kingdom of God, talking about things that needed. We just wanted to see God do, and and he said, "Well, let's just pray about that," and and he said. Uh, Matt, will you pray? And I bowed my head, and these were the words that came out of my mouth. uh, Lord, bless this food and and make it good to us. Like That's where my prayer life was. I just automatically went to this rote prayer. Some of you are looking at me like, I went to this rote stock prayer um, that I didn't really think about, just repeating words. And I opened up my eyes and looked to him, and he was looking at me like, like, what's wrong with you? It was very embarrassing. And uh, that relationship never really bounced back from that. Um, but it, it revealed something. It exposed something in me. It revealed something in me that, that I was living a prayerless life. And the only prayer I prayed was some kind of, you know, um, generic bless my food prayer. Um, it's easy for prayer to become boring formulaic, um, stiff, um, if we do it at all. And, and, uh, even when we just talk about prayer, like, can we acknowledge that like prayer is a struggle for us? Like it's a, it, it, it it can be a struggle. And then as Christians, we feel really embarrassed about that. We feel ashamed because we maybe just imagine that prayer is just really easy for everybody else. And, and I'm like the one loser Christian that I, I just don't know how to do it right. And, and, um, and it's a struggle for us, and and uh, and and and, and then sometimes you know we hear things like, well, people don't come to prayer meeting anymore, and just you know just being in you know in Baptist churches for uh, twenty years or so, I know that a lot of times the the maybe prayer isn't the problem, but maybe the way we do it is off. You know what I mean? Because we gather and we make our grocery list of of requests, and you know, Susie, my neighbor, Susie's aunt's cat has you know. The flu or something like that, and, and it's like by the time we get through all that, we, we pray for about 30 seconds, and it's not life-giving, it's not refreshing, and it's, it, it's, it's kind of odd, to be honest, and, and, uh, and, and, um, and yet, um, as we think about this season that we're in right now, Lent, as we're preparing our hearts for Easter, um, Lent is this time that we focus on self-denial, and we focus on returning to these ancient and these biblical practices that... that um, that have helped the people of God grow, um, and to be the people of God for centuries. And prayer is one of those practices that, that I think in our heart of hearts, we know that, that there's this desire to return to, and there's this need to return to, um, and, and something we see Jesus doing in, in the gospel of Luke, Luke emphasizes Jesus' prayer life more than any of the gospels do. Luke really emphasizes Jesus over and over, withdrawing and getting alone and praying and, and, um, Every t- everything we see Jesus doing in the Gospel of Luke, he's making a big deal out of the kingdom of God. He's making much of God. He's, his Father, he's making much of advancing the kingdom of God. Um, and, 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 and we see that in his prayer life. And, 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 and that's where often I think we miss the mark in prayer is, is prayer often is about our favorite subject and who's all of our favorite subject. There's nothing wrong with praying for ourselves. We need to do that. But part of why prayer is such a struggle for us is we treat prayer like it's fundamentally about us. And prayer is fundamentally about God. And prayer, what makes prayer powerful, isn't that I, you know, I knew a guy once, good guy, but he would get called in Bible class, he'd get called to pray on, and like he would be talking just like you, you and I are talking, and then he would start like praying in King James English, you know. And like sometimes we think that we got to use a certain kind of words, uh, or we gotta we gotta have it have all the words right or talk a certain way. That's not what makes prayer powerful. What makes prayer powerful is that God is in it. What makes prayer po- powerful is that we're talking to God, the King of the universe, the Creator of the universe. God's in it, and true prayer is gonna be centered on God. True prayer is true prayer. Reveres God. True prayer is rooted in Scripture, and it results in mission. It's it reveres God. It's rooted in Scripture, and it results in mission. And we want to talk about that. Unpack that a little bit. Um, you know, we have a, a prayer, a prayer time every uh, every uh, Sunday morning at nine before the worship ser- first worship service. Would would ask and encourage anybody to come to that. Everybody's welcome to that, and that's something I look forward to. Like, I look forward to getting together with those those men and women and just praying for God's empowering over the over the service and praying for needs. And prayer can be just this incredibly powerful thing that we do individually and that we do together. But if we're honest, a lot of times we just We let it get dry and stiff and and, and we struggle with it. And so in Luke 11 verse 1, now Jesus was praying in a certain place and when he finished, one one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And right there, Luke 11 1, that's before we even get to the model prayer that Jesus gives, that's a great prayer to pray. The disciples have been watching Jesus pray and there was something different about the way he prayed. There was something powerful about it, something passionate about it, something authoritative about it. And, And one of his disciples says, would you teach us to pray? And if you are struggling to pray and you're struggling in your prayer life, look, this is a great prayer to pray. Lord, would you just teach me? I, I'm not doing a great job at this. Would you teach me how to do it? Teach me to pray. Help me. Teach me. Romans 8 says that, that, that we're weak. And we're going to be in Romans 8 tonight at 6, wrapping up Romans 8 tonight. And, and it says that, that we're weak. And he, Paul says that, that part of our weakness is that we don't know how to pray as we should but that we have the Holy Spirit who's in us, who's groaning, uh, groan- with groanings too deep for words. And, and, and what prayer does, is it exposes my need. It exposes my lack. It exposes my need for God. And, and in prayer, I find out, man, I'm, I'm not great at this. I need God. I'm so weak, I'm unable to even pray without God's help. Now, that can be actually a very empowering realization, that, that, that I am so weak. I can't even pray right without God. I can't even pray without God's help. God, I need your help. I need you to teach me. I need you to empower me even to pray. So if we're struggling with prayer, we're in good company. The disciples struggled with prayer, and they were looking right at Jesus. They said, would you teach us how to do that? That's a great prayer to pray. Just teach me, Lord, how to pray. Um, and so what he's going to do is he's going to give us a pattern for how to pray. And um, this is often called the Lord's Prayer, but we could, we could probably call it the Disciples Prayer or the Model Prayer because it's the model that he gives us, he gives his disciples. And Luke's version of this prayer is more compact than Matthew's, but it, but it, covers, the same, it covers the same points. And, and it begins with God. It begins with God, our Father. Um, uh, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Uh, Forgive us our sins as we forgive, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Um, So it begins with, just as Jesus offers us this pattern for prayer, it begins with emphasizing or focusing on God, um, and then it moves to our needs. Uh, Daniel Henderson has written a lot that has helped me tremendously with prayer. And and Daniel Henderson writes, he is worthy of, We are needy. This is the simplest rhythm of New Testament prayer. He's worthy and I'm needy. And true prayer is going to grab that. God, I want to just focus on how worthy you are, how good you are, and then here's the need that I'm bringing to you. N.T. Wright puts it this way He says, We live as Jesus lived in a world all too full of injustice, hunger, malice, and evil. This prayer cries out for justice, it cries out for bread. Forgiveness and deliverance. If anybody thinks those are irrelevant in today's world, read the newspaper and think again. So this prayer is, is, is relevant and it, it's, it's, it's valuable and it's vital. And so let's just look at this model prayer that Jesus gives us. And and we don't have to repeat these same words necessarily, but it gives us a really good pattern for how to pray. And speaking of pattern, uh, Daniel Henderson, who's written again extensively on prayer, he offers what uh, based on the Lord's prayer, he offers this four-four pattern. And this has helped me a lot in prayer. Not that this is something you want to feel like you're like locked into or it's like a, a but it's a framework of of praying in a healthy. Uh, in a healthy way. And, and that 4-4 four, four pattern begins with God. That's where the Lord's Prayer begins. Our Father, hallowed be your name. And this is worship. This is, this is, worship. Uh, this is what, what Henderson calls moving upward or in, 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 in reverence to God. Um, we spend time in, in prayer just, just reverencing God, worshiping God, honoring God for who he is, praising for who he is. Now, who, whose heart does that change? As you're worshiping God and telling him how good he is and how much you love him, I mean, does God need to be reminded of that? He hadn't forgotten who he is, but who does forget? I forget. And when I'm praising God, God, you're a good father and you take care of me. and I just acknowledge uh, your love for me. I acknowledge that that you've given everything we need for life and godliness in Christ. We're just worshiping him for who he is. We're praising him for his character, praising him for his work. Our hearts are moved. Our hearts are moved are transformed and then we move downward in response respond to his character by just inviting his kingdom rule into our hearts into our lives let your kingdom come let your will be done in my heart God there's places my heart is out of sync with you there's places my heart is out of rhythm with you I need you to set me right. I need you to bring your kingdom to come near to me. And God, I look around the world and there's injustice, there's things that are wrong, there's pervasive sin. Bring your kingdom to come and your will to be done in my church and in my family and on my street and in my town, my county, my, my state, my nation, my world. And then, and then we move inward with that, requ- that request, those daily bread kind of personal needs. God, give me what I need today. Help me. I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. It's, that's where most of us dive into prayer. And God cares about our laundry list. He cares about our grocery list of requests. Um, but if every time I saw you, all I, all I talked to you about was how, what, what I wanted you to do for me, that relationship would seem pretty shallow, wouldn't it? And so God wants to give us his hands, but he wants us to seek his face too. And so in, in, in this kind of prayer, we, we don't just look at God's hands. We look to his face. We worship Him, and then we 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 and then we we come to our requests in those daily bread personal needs. God, I need provision. I need healing. I need forgiveness. I need Your help to forgive. I'm I'm struggling. I'm and and and, and I'm struggling because I'm I'm holding on to this or I'm, I, I'm I'm wounded by that, and that all falls under these these daily like daily bread uh, needs. And then forgive me, provide for me, forgive me. I have this need for bread, but also have this need to be forgiven. I have this need to forgive, and I need God's help to do that. And then we move outward in reverence. Lead us. Lead us not into temptation. I'm not able to overcome temptation on my own, so I ask for God's help, and I need His empowerment. I need His armor. I need His spirit. And if we just, as we practice prayer, we can kind of hang out in each of these movements. I'm going to hang out and just worship Him for a while. I'm going to invite his kingdom rule. I'm going to respond to his kingdom rule in my life. Then I'm going to move to my request, and I'm going to move outward. And God, what are we going to do with this today as we go out, as you send me out into this day? And notice that as Jesus gives us this model prayer, he uses that word us over and over. Our Father, forgive us, lead us, give us. Even when you pray alone, you're praying as part of a community. You're praying as part of a people. You're praying as part of the people of God, the family of God. Even when you're all by yourself, prayer isn't just me, me, me. It's about us. It's about what God's doing in us. And that personal, individual relationship you have with Jesus is beautiful, and we want to cultivate that. But Jesus reminds us here that we are part of something bigger than us. We're part of a we that's bigger than me. We're part of His people. We're part of His family. And when I pray, I'm reminded that I'm standing in line with a lot of other people that are crying out to God. True prayer reveres God, is rooted in Scripture, and it re- results in mission. And so I just want to practice this with you for a minute. What does it look like to... to um, to pray this way, but specifically to pray Scripture. And what I mean by pr- praying Scripture is something that has helped me so much in my prayer life, because like I told you at the beginning of this, man, my prayer life has struggled at times, and I found myself just kind of like going in circles. But I found that, and Daniel Henderson that I mentioned earlier has helped me so much in this, that, that when I pray God's Word, you know, I know I pr- you know I know I'm praying according to God's will when I'm praying God's Word. And so we can pray these words that he's given us in Luke 11, but at the beginning of the service, just as an example, at the beginning of the service, I believe, Jalen, did Jalen read Psalm 19? Anybody remember that? Did Jalen read Psalm 19? All right. In Psalm 19, what would it look like to to pray Psalm 19? According to this pattern we've just just walked through. You want to pull it back up, Psalm 19, back up? What would it look like to pray Psalm 19? He says, uh, The heavens declare... The glory of God, the skies above proclaim his handiwork. Just with verse one there. The, 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 the heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. So what's what's it look like to worship through that verse as I pray? God, I just I thank you that I look around the heaven. I saw that sunrise this morning. The heavens were just screaming how glorious you are. God, you're such a good God. You're so creative and you're so good and you're so powerful that you put this whole world together, and this whole world celebrates who you are. The whole sky above proclaims just how good you are, and how powerful you are, and how, how creative you are. And, and Lord, I want to respond to that by by coming into um, into uh, agreement with your will. Where I'm out of sync with you, where I'm where I'm not bearing your image, where I'm not uh, where, I, where I'm out of step with your kingdom, will just bring me into line with you. And God, I, I don't know how I'm going to pay my my electric bill this month, but I know if you could put the sunset in the sky and the sunrise in the sky i know you're creative enough to to figure out how this is going to work and god as you send me out into this day i thank you that you're sending me out with the creative power of one uh, who, who whose glory is declared by the heavens and by the universe and god today as i'm as i'm policing or as i'm teaching or as i'm stay-at-home momming or as i'm as i'm uh, swinging a, a hammer whatever it is i'm doing today god i want to join with the heavens. I want to join with the stars. I want to join with the skies and just declare your glory. That's one verse of one psalm. And you can pray that whole psalm. And you can pray this whole book. And what happens when we do that is man, our hearts are changed. Our view of prayer, man, if we're struggling for what to pray about, man, if we're struggling with how to pray, God's word gives us this incredible pattern. Pray his word, pray scripture and look at what it does in you. Jesus gives us some examples of things to pray for just in the previous uh, uh, chapter. Are we all still alive? Everybody still alive? We've got an AED back there if anybody needs to be. David, you might need to grab that and zap some of us back. All right. Uh, back in Luke 10, Jesus gives us some things to pray about. Luke 10, verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. and some translations say 70 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. Now, these 70 people that Jesus appoints, this parallels the 70 elders that that moses raised up jesus is multiplying himself and he's sending these disciples these ill-equipped confused immature disciples he's sending them out two by two uh, out to prepare the way for him and tell people about him and he said to them the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few therefore pray earnestly to the lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest now jesus gives us something really clear to pray about there um he tells to pray earnestly that God would raise up laborers into His harvest field. You know, it's easy to see the world around us as beyond repair. It's easy to see the world around us as full of obstacles. But where we see obstacles, uh, Jesus truly sees opportunity. And it's you know, and, and and some of us are saying, well, where I'm at, God can't use me. I think it was Os- Oswald Chambers that said, God God can't use you where you're not. Of course he can use you where you are. He's not gonna use you where you're not. So where you are is for this time and season where God is choosing to use you. And Jesus calls us here to pray that as we look around this world, we'd say, God, will you raise up more laborers? Will you raise up more helpers? Will you raise up more people to tell people about you? You know, and Jesus tells us back in Matthew 5 that where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And that's not just talking about money. Anybody in here find that time is, is as valuable or as scarce as money. And so when you spend time investing in prayer that God would raise up people to, to storm the gates of hell and sweet water, guess what you're gonna start caring about? We start praying that God would raise up mentors to go pour into young lives at the shop Guess what you're going to start praying, uh, caring about? If, if you start praying that God's going to raise up laborers to disciple children or go knock to door, door to door and share Jesus with people, that's what you're going to start caring about. Because once you start investing that time in prayer, you're going to start caring about it. And some of us say, well, I'll pray about it when I care about it. But that's never going to happen. We pray about what we care about, what we pray about. So what you put in, and, and guess what most of us are praying about all the time? Me. Guess who I care about a lot? Me. Nothing wrong with praying for me. But when I start praying for God's kingdom to come, his will to be done, man, that's that's where my passion begins to be. And then what happens is I start finding that maybe I'm the answer to the prayer I'm praying. Hey, wait a minute. Maybe I'm one of those people God wants to raise up and send out. Not just in Sweetwater, but to the nations. I want to just mention Jerry Stapp. Jerry in here? There's Jerry back there. Jerry Stapp came to me a couple months ago. He and Mike Rosales and Cody Sanders is mixed up in the uh, Bill area. I don't know who uh, 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 Bruce Hess and, and, uh, and Jerry Cave and, and said, I, I want, God's laid something on my heart. I want to get some people together. We want to knock on every door in Sweetwater. And, and, uh, and we want to tell people about Jesus. And we want to have this Hope for Sweetwater rally. And we want to make this open. It's going to be at the Annex the Coliseum. We want to we make this open. It's going to be in the summer. And we want to make this open to everybody. And 80% of our community is not in church. And when Jerry first came and talked to me about this, I thought, man, I've kind of I got my hands full just keeping the machinery going here, you know? And now Jerry wants to go do this crazy thing. <laughs> and the pieces are coming together. The pieces are coming together. And Jerry is praying for laborers to join the harvest. Um... Pray with Jerry. And then you may be one of those laborers that, that just goes out there being, acting, like, acting like a crazy person, knocking on people's doors and inviting them to come hear about Jesus. That's crazy. Do you know that Easter's going to be April Fool's Day this year? <laughs> it's got any you know, who did, who, 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 Who's the gospel for? The wise or the foolish? Jerry's looking for some fools. <laughs> be a fool with Jerry. Will you be a fool? Will you be a fool? Maybe that's not the the exact place for you, but 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 what bothers me is we've come to pervert prayer so much that we've come to the point where when somebody says, "Let me pray about that," what are they really saying? I have no intention of doing that, but I want to sound spiritual. How perverted! And it sounds so good. Prayer isn't an excuse to not do the work. Prayer's the work. And then it's going to light a fire for the mission in me. Jesus prayed in Gethsemane, didn't he? He prayed, and that's where the battle was won, was in Gethsemane. But you know what? He still went to the cross, He still did the work. He didn't just beam up after he prayed. He won the battle in prayer, but then he did the work on the cross. Prayer's not an excuse not to do the work. It's not an excuse. True prayer reveres God as rooted in Scripture, and it results in mission. One thing that's really helpful is take the things we're praying for. It's just a little, you know how people have like life hacks? You know, this is like a prayer hack, okay? So take the thing you're praying for and add a so that at the end of it. Because a lot of times we just stop with, God, I'm sick and I want to feel better. Well, so that what? God, I, 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 I need to pay the bills. Lord, help the church make budget. Whatever it is we're praying for, so that. Because see, prayer isn't about just me getting what I want. Back to Jesus, prayer didn't prayer didn't avoid the cross. Prayer led to the cross. But Lord, do this in me so that your kingdom's going to be impacted. God, help me pay the bills so that I can be generous with somebody else that needs it. Help me get well so that I can give 100% to what you're doing. And see, that so that is kind of like the so what of why we're praying. And prayer is going to result in passion for his mission, not just me getting what I want. So add that, so that, and that helps us be cued in that this prayer is going to result in mission. As the band's coming up again, what, what makes prayer effective? Man, if it's, if it's saying all the right words and speaking King James and knowing all the answers, then there's, there's no hope for any of us. We're all sunk. But what makes prayer powerful is that God is in it. That's what makes prayer powerful, and it's rooted in him, and it's about him. As, uh, as they're coming, let me just read these words from N.T. Wright. Hear, the, hear these words, if you will. He says, when we call God Father, we are called to step out as apprentice children into a world of pain and darkness. We will find that darkness all around us. It will terrify us precisely because it will remind us of the darkness inside of us the temptation then is to switch off the news shut out the pain of the world to create a painless world for ourselves a good deal of our contemporary culture is designed to do exactly that no wonder people find it hard to pray But if as the people of the living Creator God, we respond to the call to be His sons and daughters, if we take the risk, listen, if we take the risk of calling Him Father, then we are called to be the people through whom the pain of the world is held in the healing light of the love of God. Um, You you relate to that feeling of just being so overwhelmed that you just want to turn off the news and and just not hear it anymore? Um, I do. I I relate to that. And there's definitely a time we need to turn off the news. Um, But we're called to be people who hold the pain of the world in light of the love of God. And we do that as we pray, Our Father, You're worthy of my worship. You're worthy and I'm needy. Let your kingdom rule come in my life. Forgive me of my sin. Give me what I need today. Lead me out of here. Not a temptation, but lead me out of here to partner with you in what you're doing.